What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Crazy Face Uno podcast, where everyone has a story and everyone's story matters. What's your story? If you would like to support the show and help us tell more stories like the one you're about to hear, please visit crazyfaceuno.com today to purchase items from our online store or to donate. As always, I'm your host, Shane McNeely, and boy, are you in for a treat today. It's my honor and privilege to introduce my guest today. He's an old friend from the Invisible Children days, John Pockets Beaton. Welcome, John. <laughs> hey, thank you for having me, Shane. Absolutely. I'm so had to throw the uh, had to throw the old nickname in there. Oh man, I haven't been called I haven't been called uh, Pockets in ages, but uh, to date remains probably my favorite nickname. Yes, it's great. We, you and I. It's funny because I've had a lot of guests on from Invisible Children, you know, like where we've, we've met. And we, you and I didn't meet at Invisible Children, but we met before then um, yeah. through a mutual friend and, and because of Invisible Children more so. More so, yep. Um, but yeah, we ended up being at uh, Invisible Children together for together several years. For and, years and, oh, we got an echo there. Echo there. Let me uh, let me turn turn down. I'm on. A, I'm actually uh, in my car, so uh, you're ah, on speaker. Gotcha, gotcha. Any echo still? Uh, I think it's better. Yeah, that's better. okay. Cool. Yeah, that's great. I, I can switch to a Bluetooth headset if needed. Cool. Yeah, I'll let you know. Um, but yeah, so it was at Invisible Children. We spent several years together there, and um, you had a, a, a couple different fun projects that maybe we can get into if if we get to it. But yeah. What uh, what are you doing these days? What are you up to? Um, all sorts of things, you know. Uh, as far as like professionally, yeah, uh, I work for uh, GoFundMe. Okay, which cool. You have heard of? Yeah. Um, I wrote that down, but I didn't know if that was still up to date or accurate or. Yeah, way. yeah. I I have the uh, you know, exciting or eye-rolling title of customer happiness lead kind of depending on who you ask um, <laughs> nice but i like I it enjoy it what does that mean uh, exactly yeah um so it essentially means i'm a, a frontline manager uh but I, okay. I, I i feel like that uh like the title of manager has become pretty like boring and like you just kind of imagine like this like lifeless bureaucrat and I actually have a ton of fun at my job with my agents. Yeah, um, nice. What it means is that I have a uh, team of eight customer happiness agents. Okay. And, um, I'm in charge of just like making sure that they are thriving, happy, successful, challenged in their careers. Uh, and when I'm not, uh, working <laughs> with my agents, I'm working on, uh, various projects to support the department. So, like right now, I'm working on rolling out uh, live chat support uh, cool. to our to our uh, team. That's cool, man. That's really cool. That's a yeah. And GoFundMe, uh, like they're just a they're a really great company from from my perspective at least. So from uh, you know, like just helping a lot of people and and doing a lot of good in the world. That's really cool. Yeah. I, I wouldn't uh, work for them uh, if they if they didn't have a strong ethos. Uh, yeah. In my experience, in my five and a half years at the company, uh, they've shown to have a moral compass. And yeah. you know, 
when things are like morally gray or there's a debate, you know, the executive team has been willing to like have those discussions and debates sure. you know, publicly. Um, so it's, um, yeah, it's a company I'm proud to be a part of, you know, it's, you know, like you mentioned, we used to work together at Invisible Children. Um, and that, uh, job, you know, had a lot of meaning in it. So it was important to yeah. me for when I job after that to be making some sort of positive impact on the world. Yeah. I remember when we were at Invisible Children, uh, Margie Dillenberg at one point in time was like, you, you're ruined basically for the rest of your life. You know, like this place is, it's, it's created this environment that is special that you're just not going to find outside of, uh, of invisible children. And I think a lot of people sought that for a long time. Um, and it's been something that probably can't be replicated, but it's, there's still companies that are doing great things out there. And I think that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, to kind of echo what you're saying, it impressed upon me a high standard for, Mm. uh, the company culture that I seek out. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I could imagine it being tough. Um, if, if, uh, you don't find that. Yeah. Um, but I, I am very grateful and was very lucky. I mean, I spent a good six months bouncing around between not so great cultures. Sure. Um, but I was lucky enough to find one that like, this one's uh, quite special as well. And like, uh, I credit invisible children for like setting the, the gold standard. Yeah, absolutely. Um, for Same. The community I want to work with. Yeah, I I agree. They they definitely set the gold standard and it's it's interesting thinking about you know like how like how to be a manager like how what are the good aspects? You know, there was a lot there was a lot of really great aspects and one thing that I keeps coming up on the on the podcast and like from people from Invisible Children is just the empowerment that was uh, given to us, even as employees, you know, of, of different projects and, um, at invisible children where it was, Hey, you're really excelling at that. Go for it. You know, like take the lead on that. And, uh, and, and it gave us an opportunity or at least myself, it gave myself an opportunity to, um, you know, be challenged in an area and learn skills in an area that I probably would never have gotten the opportunity to, um, have had I not been working for invisible children and, and not worked in an environment like that. Yeah. It's, um, it's set me up well for success in my career thus far. Uh, we have this, this thing at GoFundMe called bias to action. Okay. And what that essentially means is like celebrating those who, um, are biased towards action. So like towards taking action yeah. when they see a problem that needs to be fixed they go after it and they fix it. If they, if the, if the company's facing a problem, they try and think up ways to solve it. Um, and you know, it's, it's kind of a hard skill to teach. Mm, um, yeah. and you know, because that was encouraged at invisible children, it's like, uh, it's set me up well at GoFundMe for like, there's a lot of problems out there to solve. And, uh, yeah. because I've had more of a go get them attitude, it's really, um, let me uh, like rise to a place of leadership uh, within the department. That's awesome. Do you think it can be taught or is it something that has to happen naturally and like organically? Um, I, I do think some people are more like, uh, naturally, uh, more naturally lean towards that. But I do think it can be taught. Sure. Um, but not, 
but not quickly. Like, yeah. I think you be in an environment where you're encouraged to do it over and over and over again. Yeah. And then you start taking those steps and you start to feel what that feels like. Sure. And then, uh, like, then you can, like, carry that with you. Yeah, because I feel but, like yeah. it's like a, it's almost like a trust, you know, of, like, you have to, like, or almost feel yeah. comfortable and have this trust within the environment and the people that you're like elbow to elbow with, you know, and in yeah. it fosters it, this environment that then evokes that kind of uh, like tenacity and like go getterness, you know, or go get Yeah. I think it's really like 360 trust, like yeah. trust from the leadership oh, yeah, to absolutely. empower people to go do it. And then trust from those doing it, that they're like ideas um, and actions will be well received because you're not mm. always going to get it right. Yeah. But you know, even if my agents try something and they don't get it right, well, once they explain the reason to me, I'm like, that's awesome. Like, maybe this idea didn't work out, but I'm glad you tried it. Like, keep at it. Yeah, yeah. Like reevaluating that and like a yeah, just it's well received. So then it's not like a how dare you do that? Like how you know it's how you respond almost. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You were mentioning before we got going, you've got uh, you've got a stand-up gig tonight. Is that what I heard? I do, I do. Um, I'm on an improv team. Okay. Um, called Hail Satin. Okay. Um, and we, we were inspired by um, hilarious typos. Yeah. Okay. Um, we kind of landed on that one because it has the kind of hilarious effect of like it's supposed to be this like really like heavy maybe evil statement sure. um, and it ends just sounding like fluffy and ridiculous when you make that typo. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so our logo is like a, it's like a, a pentagram made out of like a, like ribbons, like pink ribbon. Oh, that's funny. Um, so it's just a, kind of a ridiculous juxtaposition. Um, and the fact that we got a Halloween show, it was both pretty lucky and apropos. Nice. So we're, we're, we're uh, we have a certain style that we do. Um, and we're going to do a, a spooky-themed show. Okay. You know, like, because it's improv, we're not, like, there's, like, nothing planned in advance. The yeah. only thing we've agreed upon is that whatever we come up with, we're going to make it spooky. Um, sure. So and we've been practicing the, the a lot theme. of spooky. Yeah. Shows. Yeah, like, theme yeah, it up, you know? It's it's Halloween. Mm-hmm. Then close, yeah. Today Halloween? Today's Halloween. Today's Halloween, yeah. Today's Halloween. So if you're Costumes listening, we're up. recording this on Halloween Day night evening um yeah what how long have you been how long have you been involved in that and, and been doing that um i've been involved in improv for about two years now uh kind of only got into it i set like a uh, a um what's it called a new year's resolution for myself um and um it took me until like October of that year to get to it, but I did it. I took an improv class and I uh, really enjoyed it. Um, yeah. It's like, uh, there's a really, there's a lot of team. Um, there's a lot of trust. It's very challenging mm-hmm. and you only see like if you and your team are supporting each other. So it's pretty common before shows for us to go around and clap each other on the, on the shoulder and like look each other in the eye and say, I got your back. I got yeah. your back. Yeah. That's cool though. I mean, trust. Yeah, that's really, it's fun. I'm sure you build a really, I'm sure you've built a really close rapport with like the group of people that you, you do that with too, just because you do have their back. Yeah. Um, and you know, like, uh, 
I haven't shared this with anyone except my partner, Ooh. but um, uh, it's actually, it's you know, it, it's good news in the f- case of, like, self-care, but perhaps bad news in the story of improv. Um, <laughs> okay. It would be my last improv show. Oh, uh, wow. Uh, and uh, my team doesn't know that yet. Uh-huh. Um, well, good thing it's not posting tonight. They'll they'll have some time to, <laughs> to find it out. <laughs> yeah, by saying loud um, on the air. So you know, um, I, I've loved improv, and it's been a great challenge. Yeah. Um, uh, to be honest, my days are quite full. My both weekends and weekdays. Sure. Uh, and. I'm trying to, uh, I, you know, I don't want to, I, I suppose we'll get to this eventually, but, um, uh, I want to, I do some fire spinning, yeah. um, and, uh, practiced that a lot over the year and I've gotten pretty good at it. Um, and I'm kind of getting to the point where yes, I'm good, but uh, if I want to grow, um, as far as performing, I need to, uh, market myself and get myself out there a little more. Sure. And so, all that to say that uh, I'm really kind of wanting to make more space in my life. Yeah. Uh, for fire spinning and for rope dart in particular, which is the prop that I spin with. Cool. Um, yeah. And so you kind of made the tough decision that, like, as much as I enjoy improv, uh, it's unfortunately taking up some space that I would rather uh, put towards uh, another passion of mine. Yeah. I think that's good, though. I think that's healthy. I mean, like you it said, is. it's like, uh, it's not that you don't want to do, you know, improv, but you found something that you enjoy and that you love and, and you're chasing that. And I think that, you know, you can't just go through life and, and stay in the same old routine. Sometimes you got to chase after the things and, and your interests change and people change, man. You you and I like knew each other. I feel like I was still such like a, a young, a young pup. Uh, you know, back in the day, like I, I've changed so much and, and so much of, you know, there's still a lot of things that are very much the same to the core of who I am, but I, I feel that my interests have changed the things I, I get, I've gotten involved in, with since then. And, um, you know, and I think that we're humans and we're ever evolving and ever changing and ever always growing. And when we can listen to ourselves, I think that, and, and make those changes appropriately, I think, uh, I think it's really good. I think it's healthy. That's really cool, man. I'm, I'm proud of you for, you know, kind of deciding and, and taking that step. I mean, it's, I know Thank that you. it's, it's hard to do sometimes of like stepping away and afraid of like letting people down or, you know, like, I don't know. I, I've, I commend you. That's a really brave thing to do and really cool. And, stepping out and, and chasing something that you're interested in. Thank you, brother. I, I really appreciate it. Um, you, you said it very eloquently. And, you know, uh, a- ask me uh, in a week uh, or two <laughs> after, after I've done the, done the break and uh, yeah. start time in the direction that I want to go. For sure, for sure. I feel like you, this is, I mean, I remember you as this person you always had these like unique interests. Like you always had like fun things. And, um, back in San Diego, you were doing, uh, maybe you still are. This is the question. Maybe, um, you were doing ultimate Frisbee. 
I was. I was. We can say uh, Ultimate Frisbee went the way of improv. Okay. <laughs> yeah, cool. Uh, and grateful for the time I spent doing it. I played Ultimate Frisbee for a decade. Yeah. I uh, very much loved it. And, you know, it made up a lot of my uh, first friends when I moved to San yeah. Diego uh, after Invisible Children hired me as staff in 2012. Yeah. Uh, and so eternally grateful for the sport and the community. Um, but yeah, yeah, Kevin kind of made the same call. And like Ultimate Frisbee was the first time I ever made that decision to kind of like part ways with an interest that I really did enjoy and love, but yeah. wasn't certainly as best it could. Yeah. Um, and, I, you know, from that space that Ultimate created came uh, improv and fire spinning. Um, sure. So I know that this sort of thing um, is the right call, even if it's not easy. Yeah. Um, well, you got to so trust yeah, no, yourself I, and know that you're like making the right decision. And when, when you've done it, when you start like making the, it's, it's kind of like our conversation with, uh, you know, the jobs and, and taking risks and stepping out and, you know, it's, it's kind of the same thing. Like you, it's not that you can't ever go back to improv or go back to, you know, that type of environment if that's something you wanted to do, you know, but, um, I don't know. It's the same thing of like, taking that step and trusting yourself and, and you're in charge of that, that trust, you know, you're in charge of how you trust yourself in those situations. And, um, I just, I can, I know this is like a hobby of yours in some ways, but like me stepping out into this podcast world and doing this, it's been one of those things where like, I'm just trusting myself that like, Hey, I'm going to do this. Some days it's easier yeah. than others, but you know, it's, uh, it's something I'm enjoying and something that I'm, I'm, getting to create and develop and and it's something that you are getting to do as well with uh rope darts and fire spinning why don't we just jump into that because it's a great segue um Absolutely. explain to people that don't know what you're talking about um if you can audibly describe to them what uh dart rope darts are and fire spinning so let me back up a step and okay. i'll explain what uh would i would generally categorize as flow arts okay f-l-o-w flow arts and that kind of encapsulates um anything that you would spin around and it doesn't necessarily have to be on fire i uh, could another common form is led um and there's also just like practice props which don't light up in any way okay um and people are pro if you're familiar with the flow art you're probably most familiar with something called poi um which is like two uh, it's like two balls on the end of like on the end of like strings. Yeah. Um, about three feet long and people spin them around in creative patterns. Okay. Um, uh, and that's the most common one. Uh, what I do is called rope dart, as you mentioned. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, uh, actually originally is a, a wushu martial art from ancient China. It's one of the soft weapons. Okay. Um, and what a rope dart is, is it's actually just those two things, a rope and a dart. Um, and so, you know, the rope can vary in length depending on your height. Okay. Um, but it's generally your arm span plus your height. And then it should be like minus two inches from that. So it's just above the ground. Okay. Uh, and then on the end of it, traditionally would be like a metal dart. Um, or a heavy metal ball okay. um, for stepping or smashing if it was a weapon. Yeah. Um, but as far as the flow art goes, 
it's very much been um, turned into like a, you know, what, what I do is it's a, a, a piece of Kevlar on the end that's soaked in a white gas, a type of lighter fluid. And then I light that and the Kevlar will burn uh, for about five or six minutes. Okay. And then I spin it around and do all my moves. And uh, yeah, basically at that point I become a firebender. Nice. Do you create these, the, like the, the rope dart yourself, or is it something you buy like with the specific uh, like links or how does that work? Uh, good question. You know, if I were a more crafty individual, I could create one. Uh, <laughs> many people who do rope dart create their own because okay. it is, it's relatively simple. It's uh, a couple types of rope, um, um, some metal pieces to link the pieces of the rope together. Yeah. And then the dart itself and the dart head could be something like a tennis ball um, or, you know, there, there's a lot of things you yeah. can make the dart head as long as it's got a little bit of weight to it. Sure. Um, but, uh, and then some knots and combine all that knowledge and, uh, and you've got a rope dart. Uh, but I, I, I bought mine. Um, there's uh, a couple different companies that sell either fire darts or led darts or practice darts. Um, so all, all said and done, I've got, I think five rope darts to my name for all different situations. <laughs> cool. Yeah. When, when you're so, and you, you said you move them around or you, I don't know if there's a correct term and I not swing them around, but when you move them around, uh, in different like patterns or what is exactly, how does that work? Or like, how do you, it's like a, it's a skill or it's a martial art. It's a technique to it. Um, like I've, I've seen some of your videos that you've had online and stuff, but I, how do you know how to move it? How do you know where to go and what to do? Yeah. So it's it's a good question. And, and, you know, I've never really thought about what the term for moving it around would be. (laughs) Just colloquially. I wouldn't say um, swinging, but I don't know. That's technically right. Um, what most of us would say would be uh, either darting Okay. Um, or, or flowing, okay. um, which would be an overall term. Like someone with a poi would also be flowing. Yeah. Um, the, the creative movement that comes from you dancing with your prop would yeah. be called flowing. Um, and um, what uh, we... So how, how I know what to do with it... Um, much like other martial arts, there's certain stances. Okay. Um, and I will move between those stances. And as I move between the stances, uh, the dart will move in different directions. It might be swinging forward or backward or horizontal. Yeah. Um, and what most people don't know about rope dart um, is that it's almost entirely footwork. Sure. Like, let's say sense. 80 90% footwork. And so if my feet are set properly, then everything else will work in harmony. So it's kind of like a dance that you're moving an object around that is responding to the way you move your feet and move your body. Absolutely. And so keeping my, what we call planes open, um, will keep the dart moving and not hitting me. Cool. Um, And in most cases, whether like the momentum and where the dart goes, I'm not like physically swinging at it. Like if I wanted to go to the left, I don't swing my arm to the left. 
I'll wrap it around my leg and twist my whole body to the left. Okay. And then that will change the direction and change the momentum. It'll catch on my leg. And then as I twist, it will go from swinging up to swinging down. Um, it'll go from tying me to untying me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's all about a body positioning. Sure. What do you, what do you like about it? What is, what's, what's the draw for you? Uh, so many things. Um, so I've <laughs> I can tell been... that right there. You just had this like, <laughs> you could even hear it in your voice. It's like a, a <laughs> excitement of like talking about it. So I'm excited for this answer. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's um, so I've always been. I used to say I, I I'm not creative. You know, I used to because like oh I don't write, I don't draw, I don't create sure. any form of art, I don't perform in the theater at the time. I used to not do improv. Um, so I used to just say like, oh, I'm, I'm not creative. I'm other things. Yeah. Um, but I don't think that was necessarily true. Um, I've just always been very movement based. I need like a physical outlet like Ultimate Frisbee. Yeah. Um, and so rope dart has allowed, it's been the perfect combination of uh, Frisbee, or sorry, not Frisbee, <laughs> of movement and creativity. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so... As I move through the different motions, uh, it's up to me to decide how to put them together. Um, and that's really exciting because I can come up with things no one's ever done before. Um, sure. All the while, like, getting a good workout or exhausting myself. Um, and so that's uh, that's been kind of the draw at first. It was just kind of like, oh, this is an interesting thing. Um I kind of want to do it. I like performing. Let's see where this goes. But then as I learned more moves and entered what we call a flow state, right. um, I still remember the first time I like went into a flow state. And you know, for anyone who, like, I don't know, let's say draws, and they just like lose themselves in drawing, and they just create, create, create. It's kind of the same thing with rope dart, where like, if the music's just right and I'm moving just right, um, once I know enough moves, I can just flow from move to move to move. And yeah. I actually counted the other day in my head. I was like, wait, how many moves do I know? And I know somewhere close to 50 plus rope dart moves at this point. Nice. Um, and so I've got this fairly complex path um, that I can go in many different directions. Cool. Um, and But it took a, a couple of months of work to get there. My first few months of rope darting were very much... Uh, learn this move and drill it over and over again. Yeah. It wasn't a creative. It was just like drilling, drilling, drilling. Cause I didn't have enough knowledge to be creative. Um, and then I slowly turned the corner of like, Oh, I can be creative. And now I've got a level of knowledge where I can actually invent moves. I can create stuff from scratch yeah. because I know the theory behind it. Yeah. That makes sense. I, I know it's, I mean, maybe it, maybe it does tie in. Um, it may sound crazy, like they're not connected, but wrestling. So uh, I've been a wrestling coach for the last six years. This will be the first year that I'm, I'm not doing that. But um, there's a flow within that sometimes as well. And it's kind of like knowing the moves, knowing your footwork, knowing your steps. And, you know, that creativity, like everything you're talking about, like you could easily move into that world as well of being like, yeah, there's just certain positions, certain feels like you get – and I'm sure it's probably like the weight against your hand with the step or, you know, whatever it is. But, um, you know, there's certain feels that you get in wrestling where it's just like, I just know. I just know when to move. I know how to move my body. I know where I need to put my my 
positioning of my hips or my feet or my hands or my head or whatever it is uh, to like achieve the move that I'm trying to do, even if I don't know what that move is. Absolutely. Yeah. I'd say that's like spot on. Yeah. I get, I, I like you were describing that and I was like, I, I understand. I get it. (laughs) Right. Yeah. It's not unique to, to rope dart or to wrestling. It's just more about like, it's the, it's the flow, yeah. Like you said, art could be the same thing, and and you know people that write get in that same flow or that same routine, or you know people. There's different books and different stuff out there on the flow state, just in general, of kind of fl- finding your flow state wherever you are in different scenarios or. Yeah, um, you know, I think uh, you know when we were growing up, people would have referred to that as being in the zone. Yeah. Yep. And now it has like an actual like. I don't know if it's scientific, but it's a name. Like they've, there's like an actual like zone. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, for sure. And so, correct me if if I'm wrong, but you first saw this or, or learned about um, rope darts and fire spinning at Burning Man. That is correct. Um... I've been uh, going to Burning Man for uh, this year was my seventh year. Um, seventh year, whoa, I, dude, that's awesome. Yes, and you know I've been a part of a, a number of incredible communities. You know, um, yeah, including, uh, of course, Invisible Children. Um, but I will say that uh, the Burning Man community has probably had the most profound impact on my life. That's cool. Um, and um, I'm, I'm just constantly blown away. And like, while I see a bunch of like my communities and interests, I can kind of like understand they have like a natural life cycle to them. Yeah. Um, Burning Man's unique in the fact that I fully believe that I will be a part of burner culture for my entire life. Cool. Um, and I, I see people of all ages participating mm-hmm. in that event every year, that experiment. Um, and it's just such a constant source of inspiration, and yeah. you know, rope dart is say, the probably the most uh, profound inspiration for me to come out of it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, to go back to the heart of what you were saying, I, I was inspired uh, last year, uh, twenty eighteen, um, and you know I, I'd always kind of admired fire spinners in general. I saw them as these sort of like exotic creatures, and I was like, they're so cool, and like, like I it's dangerous and I admire what they do. And then in particular, all the different flow arts, the props that people spin, uh, rope dart just always stood out to me. Not a lot of people did it. I didn't even know what it was called for a little bit. And it seemed particularly complex, which is always a draw to me. Yeah. Um, and there was just a Tuesday at burning man, hot middle of the day. And me and a couple friends were just biking around and my, uh, good friend, Katie, um, we want, she wanted to go by her friend's camp and she's like, well, my friend spent his rope dart, uh, and he happened to be there and I, him and I just ended up like talking for a good 45 minutes about rope dart and I was just like picking his brain and I was like, all right, where do I need to go to like buy the stuff to get started? <laughs> yeah, you're like, I'm sold. Where's, so what's next? <laughs> yeah, we were picking our videos and like, you know, I'm in the middle of the desert. Um, and I'm very much like, yeah, I'm just writing down like dusty scraps of paper, like all these websites <laughs> and I'm, like, in my pocket. I'm like, thank you so much. And like, um, you know, I, and then, you know, like the day after I got home, I was like on the internet ordering all this stuff. Yeah. Um, 
That's and awesome. it was like it was at first sight. <laughs> and the rest is the rest is history, huh? Uh, yeah, pretty much. I um, I'm I'm pretty good at it. You know, I, I'm still gonna yeah. keep at it. I have long ways to go. Um, but you know, I, 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 I there's no way to like I struggle to acknowledge this because I don't want to be seen as bragging. Um, but I, I do get a fair amount of praise of like how quickly I've grown with, yeah. uh, this prop. And it's not because I'm special, uh, in any way. Uh, it is purely because I'm, um, I love it and I practice it a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, I practice Absolutely. three to four times a week for hours. Um, and it's just always fun. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't feel like hard work to me yeah it's something um, you want to do yeah yeah exactly the results of my growth is just simply lots of hard work and actually if i may um that's been one of the most important lessons i've learned here um i've had a couple of people in my life that i find particularly inspiring yeah um and they've told me that they've been inspired by my rope dart journey yeah. Um, and that's like blew me away. I'm like, guys, what are you talking about? Like, you know, you've, you know, overcome substance abuse and then now you make millions selling, like buying and selling companies. Yeah. And like you're the inspiration, inspiring one. Um, but the point they were getting at and the point I've come to learn is that uh, we kind of tell ourselves this lie of, oh, I'm too old to learn this. You like, see, yeah. like, Olympians in their like teens and early twenties, and you're like, oh crap! Like I'm, I'm a, I'm a little overweight, and I'm like okay at most things, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. But I feel that. <laughs> but the, the 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 real trick is that like okay, maybe you're not going to be the world's best at it, but you can become remarkably good at something remarkably fast. Yeah. If you put it time and effort. Absolutely. Um, so at the age of 31, I started spinning rope dart. 31. That's how old I am. Now, I'm 32 now, um, but I was able to become noteworthy at it um, in a short span of time by yeah. just like getting after it. And so, so the lesson I pulled from that is that like, you know, in the future, if I'm ever like, oh, I'm too late to this. That's kind of like, I don't know if I can say this, but like bullshit. Yeah. No, you're not. It's like giving like, yourself an out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, That's something exactly. like I, I've like. I've been kind of harping on myself. I, I called my one of my friends out. I was like, dude, I was like, you can't let yourself off the hook. Like, like if you don't want to do it, that's fine, right? But, like, you can't let yourself off the hook. Like, you got mm-hmm. to be honest with yourself. Like, not not trying to, like, pull a wool over your own self, you know? And, I mean, it's, yeah. I'm, I'm preaching to the choir, right? Like, I'm, I'm looking myself in the mirror when I say that because we're, we're all right, guilty right. of it. But, um, yeah, I, I totally understand that as well. And, and so it's been like like a year or just over a year now? A couple of years? Uh, yeah, just over a year. I kind of consider Burning Man my uh, dartiversary, so to speak. Um, nice. So, uh, it's coming up, right? Oh, no, mid-September. Oh, would be, so it just passed. Because Burning Man just, uh, it happens at the uh, last week of August. Okay. Um, and so, um, yeah, a year and two months, basically would be no a year and one month i'd say okay cool cool and i've seen so you've you've had the opportunity to like perform in front of people as well doing this and has that really like inspired you as well 
yes, um, I, uh, you know, I'm a bit of a showboat. <laughs> I, I like attention. Heck yeah, um, why not? But, uh, you know, I, I would like to uh, uh, get that attention in ways that is not annoying, you know? So instead of uh, <laughs> yelling a party, maybe I'll be on a stage where people actually want to see me do something. Yeah, that's um, cool. <laughs> um, and yeah, and that's actually kind of the point I'm at with my rope dart career, so to speak. Career is a generous term. Um, <laughs> is uh, <laughs> is I, I'm uh, looking for, um, you know, I'm just trying to get the word out there about uh, what I do, what my passion is, and yeah. uh, booked as often as I can. And, you know, I actually had a gig just this past weekend, uh, a little like fundraiser event in Balboa nice. Park. Nice. Um, and that was great. Um, and I'm just going to kind of have to keep on hustling, as they say, which is very yeah. much just messaging people, talking to people like over and over and over again. Um, yeah. I, there's a couple of rope artists I look up to. Um, and, you know, I look back on their journeys and, you know, they it took them about two years to get to a spot where they went from like starting their performance journey, which is where yeah. I am to being uh like booked at like the biggest gigs the biggest events being on stage with major djs um and so like that's kind of the goal i've set for myself of like um hopefully i can get there i'm kind of comparing myself to the best in the business so who better to compare yourself to though you know yeah right um and I'm, i'm fortunate enough to uh be in you know, close contact with these individuals and count them among my friends. So like, yeah, uh, they are, uh, kind of taking on the role of uh, mentors to me. That's uh, awesome. Craft. That's awesome. Well, let us know. I mean, if there's ways that we can, you know, help or if there's ways people can find out, is there a way right now that we can promote what you're doing or ways to get involved or ways to get in communication with you? Ooh, um, probably, uh, the best would be either via Instagram Okay. Or email. Cool. Um, my I'll, Instagram I'll... handle. Oh, sh- should we just like? Can you? Will you put it in like a link or something? Or I will go ahead and say it just so you know. Three time rule, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so my Instagram handle is uh, Rudolph uh, underscore on fire, um, and Rudolph is actually my middle name, which is kind of funnily enough what I go by now. Really, um, and that's spelled. R U D O L P H. Cool. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, not many people know that if they haven't been in touch with me. Um, but I, um, I experimented at Burning Man one year. Like everyone kind of has a cool name. Yeah. Um, and I was like, just I was like, I'm John. Like, what? Is, what is that? Um, <laughs> like, I'm just gonna experiment and just say I'm Rudolph and. You know, nobody blinked twice at it. They're like, cool, nice to meet you, Rudolph. And yeah. I was like, oh, like, all right, I've got this really fun middle name. Like, yeah. Is it? And then I tried the experiment again when I started at GoFundMe, uh, and it stuck. So, like, there you go. You know, I almost everyone at work knows me as a Rudolph. Um, yeah. And that's what's known by in the fire spinning community that when I meet new people, I introduce them to me as Rudolph. Um, I still answer to John. Um, and you know, pockets as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when I hang with the visible children phone, sure. and many names. Um, but yeah, to, to get back to what you're saying, uh, my Instagram handle is Rudolph underscore on fire. Um, cool. or my email address is, uh, J Rudolph beaten at gmail.com. So that's uh, the letter J and then Rudolph R U D O L P H 
And then beaten, B as in boy, E-A-T-O-N, at Gmail. Cool. Well, we'll, yeah, uh, thanks, thanks for letting me uh, plug myself. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I want to I wanna hear more about, I like, starred Burning Man. Um, I'm like, you know, I've known several people that have gone and, and whatnot, and everybody's experience seems to be, you know, have, have similarities, but, like, they're different as well. And I know, yeah. I didn't know that it was your seventh. That's really cool, though. Um, but I knew that you had been several times and it's something that you loved. So, um, tell us about your first time ever going to Burning Man. Yeah. Um, so my first time ever going to Burning Man was 2013. Okay. Um, and what was the inspiration? Uh, Tyler Dunning. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah, fellow Invisible Children's alumni for the listeners. Yeah. Um, he's, uh, he's been on the podcast as well, so. You know, I kind of figured he had been. Uh, I didn't know that, but I was like, if you haven't, you really should talk to Stunning Tyler Dunning. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yep. I have to check out that episode. Um, he's like the only one that still actively calls me pockets. Um, nice. Maybe I'll have to keep actually... going just to keep it keep it alive. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, we, we actually uh, just had an adventure in uh, Glacier Bay National Park, which he'll be writing some uh, stories about on his site. Perfect. Um, cool. Yeah, I I saw that he yeah. said that you guys were out there. That sounds sounds like a cool. Oh, it, it, it was fantastic. And been a while since him and I had spent time together. The reconnecting with with Tyler was really a treat. Yeah, he's a um, good dude. Yeah, Tyler went in uh, I think 2011, maybe 2012. I think 2011. Okay. Um, maybe 2012. I don't know. Um, and we were talking about it, and he. Uh, just was showing me these pictures of this otherworldly place, and I was like, "What is this?" Yeah. Um, <laughs> it looked like it, it looked like he was on the moon, and I was just like, "This is not a real place." Like, w- w- what video game is this from? Um, <laughs> and he told me that and I was just like, "This sounds unreal." Uh, and at this point in my life, I hadn't been to any festivals, no music festivals, sure, uh, nothing. Um, and so I was like, well, this seems worth checking out. Um, it fast forward to 2013. I was like, um, you know, I decided I was going to go. I got myself a ticket. Luckily enough. Um, Is it expensive? Um, relatively, but not. Um, so all said and done for like a ticket plus a parking pass and taxes, all that jazz. Yeah. It comes out to like. Five hundred, five hundred fifty dollars. Okay, that's not um, bad. It's not bad if you view it by per day. Um, Burning Man is rather prodigious in how long it lasts, and it's a uh, kind of a uh, eight days uh, long. Okay. Um, so when you break it down, it's one of the cheapest festivals at a per day amount. Yeah. Um, but there there are other other costs um, like travel, food. You know, you have to bring all your own food and water. Um, it's all about radical self-reliance. It's one of the 10 principles. Um, and, um, yeah, so there, there is a fair bit of cost, but I'll say all the hassle, all of the aches and pains of planning it yeah, and the cost of like getting costumes together and whatever you want to do, like whatever you want to dress up as, sure. um, express yourself. Um, it's all worth it. Uh, it's all absolutely worth it. Um, and my first year, uh, I 
had never been to any festival, had never been to Burning Man, and I made the uh, insane decision to go by myself. Um, <laughs> Would you <laughs> recommend that? Um, poof, maybe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it seems um, a little... Uh, it's a challenge. Yeah, it's a challenge. especially your first for, time. For the more adventurous, I would say yes. Um, the the ability to truly go out there and experience Burning Man with complete and utter freedom um, is uh, a true joy. Yeah, and there's something about like being there by yourself that is. Uh, unique because if you go with your friends or you go with what we call theme camps which are like little communities there yeah um you're gonna kind of have that safety of like oh like even if you're just with two friends you're it'll always be the three of you and as a result like you'll meet some people but it's gonna be that crew rolling around yeah um so by going by yourself you're always gonna meet so many amazing people because you're with no one yeah you're you're so open to other people when you're alone um and so like if you do choose to go with other people which i think is a bit more common i would say factor in at least a couple of solo days Mm. um like entire days we're talking like breakfast to the following breakfast yeah you just do your thing yeah um and that kind of freedom can't be replaced um and so you know like yeah i actually do recommend it but uh Definitely uh, do your research. Be prepared. Um, make sure you have enough water. You have enough food. Yeah. Um, it's it's a pretty gnarly experience, um, but like such a such a beautiful one. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And and I guess I guess maybe we should describe it if there's people that are listening that haven't heard of Burning Man. Um, I mean, by this point in time, I feel like it's a pretty popular thing. Most people know, but uh, I guess. I've never been there. So how exactly would you describe it if you were to describe it? Yeah. Whew, that's a tough question. I know. Many people have tried. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, <laughs> uh, and I like, that's why I was like, man, I, I, I know like, uh, it's just hard to describe in general, just even knowing what I know. Like I, there's a lot of, there's big buildings. People create these different, like, yeah, yeah. Things. Uh, I, I can take a, I can take a stab at it. Okay, um, let's hear. So it is, you know, a, a week long experiment in creativity and participation. Okay. Um. And so, uh, what that means? Um. Oh, here one second. I've got a my phone's gonna disconnect for a second. Okay. Hey, can you hear me? Yep. All right. Cool. Um, so it's a week long experiment in, um, creativity and participation. Um, and you mentioned that your friends have all had different experiences and that's cause you very much get out of it, yeah. what you put into it. Um, and so while, while it sounds like a cliche, um, it's not, and I, I can promise you that. Um, and so let's go back to the point where I said that uh, experiment and participation. Yeah. Uh, the people who go to Burning Man are called participants, okay. not attendees. Um, okay. And the reason for that is intentional. Um, and it's because like, if you go to a concert uh, or you go to, I don't know, lightning on a bottle or Coachella, like 
those are cool festivals, um, and there's nothing wrong with them. But you're very much um, a spectator. Yeah, you are viewing uh, the art that is being created, uh, and you really don't get to interact with it beyond perceiving it. Yeah, you're just kind uh, of the consumer of whatever's going on. Right, and that's fine for what it is. Yeah. Um, once you uh, get a taste of participation, it's really hard to go back. All the artwork at Burning Man, so many parts of it, uh, are they're interactive. Okay. You walk up to a piece and you expect to be able to climb on it, to engage with it, for yeah. there to be secrets about it, to interact. Um, you know, like th- there's there's art pieces that have been group puzzles that I you know I coordinated a group of like twelve strangers to solve this puzzle in the middle of the desert, and it was amazing. It was this super fun experience, and yeah, you know we solved this puzzle uh the couple that created it, the artist they were just kind of watching secretly just like having the time of their lives watching people like come together over the uh piece of art that they created um and that like in the essence is burning man like you can go there and be a spectator there's a ton of really cool djs that show up you can take your pictures you can go to your, the big dj shows and just look 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 but when you take a moment to actually like, partic- like to take part in to help build, yeah. um, to become a part of the city, it becomes mm-hmm. so much more magical. Yeah. Um, and you feel so much more when you begin to give back. When you begin to not just experience the magic, but create magic for someone else. Mm. Um, you see them light up, and you're like, and then when they realize, like, you know, like I volunteered this year to uh, work as a greeter um, for four hours. And my shift, you know, was not a glamorous one. I w- was uh, 4 a.m. to 8 a.m., which means I got up at 3 a.m. Uh, and I, it's middle of the night, dark, cold, because it's high desert climate. So, yeah. you know, like 50 degrees. And me and a group of friends biked probably a mile and a half to get to the gate. And we were set up as greeters. Um, and our job was to like be really peppy and welcome people. They've been waiting in line for hours and we're like, Hey, you know, welcome to Black Rock city. Like, we're stoked to have you here. Like, um, like, what are your questions? Where are you going? Here's some information. Oh, are you a first timer? Get out of the car. Like, like this is going to be like life changing. Um, and we won't force people out of the car. Um, but most people will say yes to engaging with that. Yeah. And that's like their first taste of like, oh, wow, this is awesome. And then we'll often people will be like, oh, like, how did you become a part of Burning Man? Like, you know, like, how do you join the staff? And it's like, oh, we're not staff. We're just like you. We volunteered to be here. If you want to be working this shift tomorrow, you can. Yeah. Like, come out. Awesome. Um, and it's... Um, and that's kind of the nice, or the, the part that, that I've heard a lot about is kind of like your freedom to make choices or just your freedom to like, it's a very inclusive, very welcoming and, and you just free to kind of flow, uh, amongst where, where you want to go and the things you want to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and there's different, I mean, is there, so there's the aspect of, um, kind of like bringing something to share, right? Um, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I touched on the 10 principles earlier when I mentioned radical self-reliance. Right. 
the one of the other principles is gifting. Okay. Um, and uh, and another principle is communal effort. And those two principles combined would be what you're talking about, um, mm-hmm. kind of bringing something to share. Um, and, you know, for a lot of the, like, hyper-devoted, you know, that could be a big art piece. Um, mm-hmm. That could be a big theme camp. Yeah. But it could also be, like, a small thing. Um, it could be extra water for, like, mm-hmm. the newbie you didn't bring enough water. Yeah. It can be your time which is a wonderful gift like yeah oh you didn't bring anything specific that's okay like how can you volunteer to help the city run yeah. how can you help support someone who needs it um there's a lot of ways to gift um and you know that's so that i think that's what you're talking talking on when you say yeah. bring something share um and like communal effort too like if you want to build something um, if, if you want to build something, um, coming together to build that experience for other people, um, is, uh, another great way to like, quote unquote, bring something. Yeah. Like give, maybe it's, maybe it's a giving, you know, or gift or whatever that is better word for it. But yeah, like a giving of your time a giving of a, a, a skill or a trade or, um, yeah, that's really cool. I, I really like that aspect that it's like it's the everybody has something to contribute, you know? And uh mm-hmm. I like I really like that. One of these days I'm gonna I'm gonna do it for sure. I, I, I think it'd be a really cool experience. Yeah, yeah. I, I dude um whenever that is, please do hit me up. I Yeah, I will um, for sure. <laughs> if I tell by the tone of my voice, I am clearly very passionate about Burning Man. I yeah. speak up often and openly and like you know it's like i'm it's well known at work that i go to burning man i'm like always encouraging people to go yeah um it is like a a bit of a complex process to get there but i'd be happy to uh yeah i will i will definitely definitely let you know and definitely be chatting with you mr beaten mr pockets (laughs) mr rudolph yeah right there you go the man of many names i know um, and then at the end of Burning Man, it's it's known to be very eco-friendly as well. But at the end, uh, is it everything gets burnt down or is there one thing that gets burnt down? Like, isn't that kind of yeah. the, the idea of, quote, Burning Man? You know, and, and I'll be a good, unbiased person here. And I'll say it's, um, I wouldn't describe Burning Man as eco-friendly, okay. but I would describe it as like uh like a thoughtful steward of the land they're on okay um and so i think as far as festivals go there is no festival that comes close to the respect that burning man treats the land with which is it's very intense Mm -hmm. about leave no chase people do a great job rarely do you see trash anywhere out there over the course of the week yeah and everyone is expected to pick up what's called moop matter out of place. So that means, you know, if I'm biking along and I see a little piece of toilet paper blowing across the ground, I'm going to stop and pick it up and put it in my backpack. Yeah. Um, And yes, maybe it's a little gross, but so are a lot of other things. Um, (laughs) And so at the end of the day, I'll usually have like a little pocket full of just like random, like, Oh, uh, random bits of plastic or whatever I found. Yeah. Um, And so 
I think Burning Man is truly like the best when it comes to being thoughtful about the environment and taking sure. care of the world, um, the place that it's in. But eco-friendly, um, I wouldn't go that far only because like it is hinging around burning lots of things, um, which true. is generally not going to be great for the environment. Um, it also is like requires a lot of travel to get there. Yeah. Uh, 70,000 people and probably about 35,000 vehicles. Um, and then also, you know, like, uh, the power while you're out there, you know, you're off the power grid. So all the power, a lot of comes from generators, mm. um, from propane. Um, these are all, you know, sources of pollution. And, and I say this not to like shit on burning man. Like, um, I, I think that to be honest, the environmental impact is well worth the positive, uh, result of, uh, people's engagement, like the mind and heart opening experience that people have. Yeah. Um, now, should there be improvements? Uh, sure. Sure. And like, you know, uh, critics of burning men do like to harp on it and say, like point out what I just pointed out as if it's some, uh, damning piece of evidence. Um, <laughs> but I just have to acknowledge it as yeah, of, the of the festival. Yeah. Um, and you know, like, uh, if, if we're going to be concerned about, the greenhouse gases of, you know, 35,000 vehicles. Um, there's a lot of other festivals that could be applied to as well. So yeah, burning man's not, uh, not being high and mighty about its environmental impact. I find, uh, the org as we call it, which is refers to burning man org to be, uh, thoughtful and self-aware. Yeah. Well, it's, I think the effort is what it's kind of like, do you remember, um, uh, you've touched on it a little bit, but, uh, oh man, I just blanked on his name. Um, the guy, he wrote the book, uh, uncharitable, um, uh, Dan Pallotta. Dan Pallotta. but you know, kind of like Literally judging someone by their impact, you know, an organization by their impact that they're making versus mm-hmm. the, uh, you know, how much of your income in this doesn't really relate to that, but the impact, you know, and, and you touched on it right. with, you know, it's having a big impact on people's lives, but also there's intentionality and there, it sounds like people are trying to be the best stewards of the space and, and the area that they, they can be. Um, if it's, if that makes sense at all. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, um, there'll never be a way to measure this, but, uh, I, I at least believe that like, the positive impact on the humans that go to Burning Man with an open heart and mind, yeah, is worth uh, the the cost of like making that happen. Yeah, yeah, which is cool. And I mean, man, you're you're a, you should definitely be a spokesman. Like, man, you got me like all like excited and thinking <laughs> about it now. I'm like, man, when can I do it? Like, when, when can I? <laughs> Uh, I, I, that's, I, I'm honored. I'm delighted to, to know that that impact's been had. Yeah, no, I, it's been something that, you know, I've thought about and wanted to do. And, um, I guess, you know, knowing that you go every year is helpful because mm-hmm. then I wouldn't have to go, you know, at least I would know somebody there if I needed, you know, yep. advice or that time. And, um, I don't know, maybe I could talk other people into it, but you can't, it's hard to get people going for like eight days. You know, some people, some people it's- have other things going on and just aren't willing to make that time. So, yeah, I mean, I would say the, for those of us, I I don't know if this fits you, but for those of us on limited PTO, yeah. Uh, from work, that's, that's the biggest sting. And like being entirely honest, like, 
you know, there are international vacations I would have taken that I haven't yeah. because I've got Burning Man instead. And that's a, that's a trade-off um, and, and a tough one. But um, I think it but, speaks to the impact that it's had on you. And, and maybe, maybe you could speak to that. Like, what is it that you feel that you gain from going? Um, I know that's like a personal thing. And I know that Burning Man is kind of this personal experience, this personal journey. And so like, if, if that's a out of bounds kind of question, um, no, you know. no, not at all. Okay. What would I gain from uh, from going to Burning Man? Um, a lot of, I would say, perspective. Um, perspective on people and uh, the world. Um, mm. What it means to like give and to be creative. Um, I would have uh, never in a million years thought I would like. I'm involved with a theme camp called Pink Heart. I'm involved pretty heavily with uh, their fundraising. Um, I'm a, a bit of an ambassador for them, I, I believe, uh, heavily in like what Pink Heart stands for, which is like creating a lighthouse for body and soul. For like we basically, I won't go into this, this too is, much. But this is camp. at this is in uh, at Burning Man. At Burning Man, yeah, it's the okay. theme camp okay. that I'm part of. Um, okay. We basically create like a rejuvenation space for people, like place where they can get some shade, rest, get some ice cold water, yeah. uh, energize. Um, and you know, like I am a big part of this camp now. And like, I help with the fundraising. Uh, I help like, you know, tearing down uh, the camp at the end of the week. Um, and you just like, I'm doing things I never would have thought I'd done. Um, but more than anything, it's just like I think Burning Man has like given me absolute faith in humanity, um, mm. which I know is like a crazy big thing to say. Um, but like we haven't so much going on in our news cycle. There's plenty of like just awful things that happen that it's very easy uh, to lose faith in the world, faith, faith in mankind. Yeah, um, honestly, that's but, one of the reasons that I just don't. I, I try to stay uh, keep it healthy distance away from it because I feel the same way. And it's, it's been an inspiration for this. It's like positive storytelling, you know, um, telling people's lives and bringing them closer. It's, it's part of, you know, as I've been creating the business plan and, and kind of like the mission statement of of invisible, here we go, man, (laughs) words. Whoa. Uh, of crazy face. Uno. it's been, um, it's been, you know, a lot focused on that of like bridging that gap between this division that we see in the world and in our country and of seeing like just people are humans. We all have a story. We all have interests. We all have things that, um, you know, we, we've, we get to experience and do, and, and we get to learn from one another. And I think that it's huge. And, and, you know, even you talking about your experience at Burning Man or your experience of like taking that leap, it like gives people, it inspires people. It gives people courage to do that. And I, I love I, I, again, everyone has a story. Everyone's story yeah. matters. And yeah. I, I think that that's just majorly important. And, uh, yeah. So I, I guess I echo what you're saying. Like I, it doesn't, it makes sense. Like I understand exactly what you're saying. It gives you this being able to see that there are good people out there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, I, I guess uh, the one last thing I'll say about Burning Man, I'm happy to keep talking about it, um, is that there's a bit of a, like, I think 
people often talk about like, oh, like Burning Man used to be cool. Um, it's being ruined now by like all the selfies and the and the, the glamour models that go or whatever. Um, and like while there is like some truth to that, I think it's actually more perspective based about like you could go to Burning Man and you could intentionally seek out the the few camps out there that cater to the wealthy, or you could go to just like the biggish shows and um, where like everyone's going. And you're going to see, like, possibly some, like, self-centered activity, a little bit more selfishness, a little bit more vapidness. Yeah. Uh, you, you see that. Um, and if um, that's the areas you choose to place yourself in all week, that will be Burning Man to you. Burning Man is just uh, Coachella in the desert. Um, yeah. But, but it's um, what you make it. Right. And if you choose to place yourself in other spots, like, I would say the best nights I've had have been nights just wandering out what we call deep playa, which is outside the city where a lot of the art is just wandering around this vast desert, finding random pieces of art and interacting with the people, um, who, who also just happen to be there. There yeah. might be 12 people and we might be two miles from camp out in the desert. Um, and you just share these little moments. Yeah. Um, and like, I actually made a point this year of like, hey, you know what? Like, I've tried going to big sound camps, as we call them, in the past, and I just never seem to have fun. I feel like I'm crammed into a concert venue. Um, you know what? I'm just not going to do that this year. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't. I didn't go to any big sound camps, um, except to, like, see how the architecture was set up. Yeah. And I had a fantastic time, and I was consistently inspired, and I think it was my best burn yet. Um, nice. And so, like, uh, it's it's very much uh, going back to that theme of like what you get out of it, what you put into it. If you're it, expecting yeah. to see Instagram models ruining it, and that's what you go looking for, well, that's what you're gonna find. But yeah, there are other things out there. That's cool. That's cool. And it's pretty. It's pretty big. You mentioned it. Like, it's thought of as a city, but there's how many? Like, is it like a blocks? Would you call it? I mean, it's pretty well designed, right? It, it is pretty well designed. Um, the best way I could describe it is the city is kind of shaped like a C, the letter C. And um, each street is uh, concentric circles r- ringing outward. So okay. the innermost street would be the tiniest letter C. And then housing that would be a slightly larger letter C all the yeah. way out. Okay. Like a dozen or so times. And that's kind of what the city looks like. Gotcha. Uh, but the overall event space is pentagon shaped um and so if you house that c within this giant pentagon a good 40 percent of it is going to be where uh what we call deep playa okay um and so burning man the city inside burning man is called black rock city because it's in the black rock desert um and then the open space is called playa or deep playa uh, depending on where you are gotcha um and um as far as the size, I don't know the exact measurements, but it's got to be at least two and a half miles wide. Okay. Um, that's, pretty, that's bigger than I even anticipated, to be honest. So, yeah. Big. So, like, when we talk about, like, 75,000, 80,000 people going to Burning Man. Yeah. I, you can that. definitely still find <laughs> places to be totally alone because you are spread out. Yeah. Um, and to bike from one side to the other... Um, 
in those conditions on the crappy bikes that you're on um, is usually like, I would say 30 minutes yeah. to bike across, maybe a little longer. It's a, it's a trek. It's a trek, man. If you, <laughs> it's, you, you don't often have service, so you might be going across the city to find your friend and you get to camp and you found that they've already left. Well, that's just how it works. And you know what? Make the best of it. You're going to find something else to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Man, that's really cool. Um, yeah. When you, when you look at, when you look at your life, uh, you know, kind of retroactively, a lot of times, John, when I'm on the podcast, I, I go back to childhood and I kind of work to present day and, I knew I wanted to do things a little bit differently with you just because I did want to talk about all the things that we've already talked about, to be completely honest. And yeah, um, yeah. time for those things. Yeah. But like when you look, when you look back at like your life, what do you think are some of like the, the themes or things like that have motivated you that have moved you to, to be who you are today and to experience some of the things you've experienced and, um, make some of the choices that you continue to make, you know, like through, uh, rope darts and, and, you know, the flow arts and whatnot. Oh, that's, it's a tough question, man. Yeah. Um, it's a deep one. I'm not entirely sure. And I don't like, you know, like if you asked my childhood self where I would have ended up, I would have been nowhere near this. Yeah. Um, it's not like I always wanted to go to festivals. It's not like I was raised by hippie parents or anything like that. Like I, I, deviated wildly and with my parents support which i think has made it all that much more wonderful and easy yeah um but i would say kind of and this is a cliche but i think it's true i goes back to a like kind of a relentless sense of adventure um and it started out as a pursuit of doing what's right Mm. um that's like uh before i joined uh invisible children as a roadie in 2009 yeah I was deciding between me and a couple friends getting together and helping one of my friends run for local political office in Arkansas, where I'm from. Yeah. Um, either doing that out of college or that was the original plan. And then Invisible Children came to my school and I was inspired and I applied to be a roadie. Yeah. And that stopped this whole crazy chain of events for the last 10 years. Right. Uh, it just opened the doors for so many things for sure. It did. It really did. And I, couldn't have known at the time. Um, and the, um, that sense of adventure and doing what's right. Um, it started to expand after invisible children to like doing what's right also meant like self love and taking care of myself. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. So I think that's something that we've all had to like learn. And some people have learned it a little sooner. I feel like I was a little late to that party. Of like self love. <laughs> yeah, but um, we like, we you know like we, most people we've had on here like we sing Invisible Children's praises and and to the outward people you know there's always a different conversation we have internally but you know sure. there were a lot of things and that was one of the reasons that I left you know when I did I, I had opportunities to stay if I wanted to and I chose not to because I I needed to take care of myself and I did. And yet I still didn't know what that meant. And I, and I'm still learning, you know, and I think that, um, 
I think that that's important in life. And I think it's something that you're never going to really completely fully understand. You're always learning about yourself and learning about what you need as an individual. And I think that your needs are constantly and continually changing. Um, you know, it's just something we have to take one day at a time and one week at a time, one year at a time. And, but constantly look inward and, and take care of yourself for sure. And I think there is, maybe it's changed a little bit in recent years, but there was a, I think that there's a, I don't know, a resistance sometimes of, of that, like a fear of being selfish um, that comes out at times for people that want, you know, when you're taking care of yourself and I think you dance on a fine line for sure. And, and, but, but at the same time, um, I think we need to give ourselves permission to, to look after ourselves and to slow down and to take a deep breath and, uh, listen to ourselves and listen to what we need. Yeah. You know, one of the, uh, best, like, daily reminders you can find for self-love is actually every time you board an airplane and they tell you to put your own oxygen right. mask on first. Yep. Right. Yeah. And you can't help other people like, if you're not. <laughs> exactly. And that's, there. it connects to the adage, you know, you're not ready to love other people if you don't love yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and so like, you know, it started out as like, I'm going to sacrifice everything to do what's right to make the world a better place. And slowly I've learned is like, yes, I'm going to do that but I'm also going to love myself and that's become a, this is going to sound weird, but it's become a relentless pursuit of fun for me. Yeah. Um, where like, as soon as something isn't challenging me or helping me grow in some way, then it's like, okay, like this has been great, but it's time to move on and to find something else. Like yeah. that's what's happening with Prov. And rope dart, that's what's happened with Ultimate. Yeah. Maybe someday it'll happen with rope dart. Maybe there'll be some new hobby. Yeah. Um, and you think it, like and you move on, and you move on to the next on. thing. Yeah. Thank you for being, thank you for yes. contributing to me. Thank you for for getting me to where I am, and uh, and it's on to the next thing. It's like shedding your skin. Uh, I was listening to, uh, I was listening to The Power of Myth uh, by Joseph Campbell, and I was watching, I've, I've watched it a couple times now, and he, he he brings up the the snake uh, as this like symbol that's prominent throughout, you know, like different religions and different whatever, and how it's like the shedding of the skin. It sheds its own skin, and and uh, I don't know. That just like made me think of like trying new things. It's like you're shedding your old skin, and you're like growing into the next thing that you yeah. are, moving into that next direction. Yeah, absolutely. What would you say you're most proud of to date? Oh, wow. Um, mm. <laughs> wow. Uh, <laughs> pulling the, I'm, I'm pulling the tough ones here out at the end. So. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I, I hate to go back to the same topic, but I'd have to go with rope dart, to be yeah, honest. Cool. Uh, you know, like, I, I, I've done a lot of stuff, I feel like, um, but uh, nothing has uh, felt quite like this, and I've also never gotten the uh, amount of positive feedback I have yeah. gotten from rope dart you know with ultimate you know people are like oh you're pretty good or that that was a good throw improv it's like you know that was like sometimes they laugh sometimes they don't yeah but for like context like two weekends ago i was spinning fire at a festival just for fun and this guy came up to me and was like oh how long dude how long have you been doing this i was like oh, I, i've been doing it for a year but you know I, I i do it a lot i'm really passionate about it and he goes dude i've been teaching fire spinning for 
a decade. And <laughs> what you have is special. Like, keep doing that. Yeah, that's um, awesome. That's so cool. And I, like, I got chills just saying that and thinking that. So, like, I guess, like, you know, I haven't accomplished rope dart. There's still so, so, so much to learn. Um, but it's a beautiful community. Um, and definitely what my, what I've done so far with that, with this hobby, this uh, passion, um, is definitely what I'm most proud of, even if it's not like a, a thing. Um, you should be like, that's awesome. Yeah. Like a certificate. It's still, it's something you found that's, that's made an impact on your life. And I feel like they're just different things throughout people's lives and, and, you know, some come and go and some have different impacts that are greater than others. You know, for me, wrestling is one of those things that's had a great impact on my life. It, re- it really has. It's helped me create, uh, learn about discipline and, and hard work and what you put in and you get out, you know, some of these same things that you've talked about. And it sounds like that's, this has been one of those things that's had a monumental like impact on you and, um, yes, and Definitely. I think that's awesome. I think I think that's great. I've got a couple deeper questions too, and then okay. we'll, then, we'll, then we'll close out. Um, Sounds great. Do you ever think of your legacy? Like uh, what? Yeah. Like what you want your legacy to be? <laughs> mm. I think of my legacy, but I've, I I don't think of what I want my legacy to be. If, yeah. Uh, and I, I don't know, know that there. I don't know that you should. You know, uh, and that's the thing. Like, I think about my legacy too, but I don't think it's impossible one to know. But like, I think something to strive for, something to strive towards. It's almost like a goal or like kind of question, I guess, in some ways. But I don't know if there's a right, right or wrong answer to that. Whether you should or shouldn't know, you know. Yeah, you know, I um, I I do want to be remembered, and maybe that's vain, but I I want to be no. remembered for like the positive impact i had on people's lives yeah absolutely and i want to be if i if i had to set a goal i wanted i would want to be one of those people that people are like he had an outsized impact on other people's lives mm. he like yeah it was particular like he did a particularly good job of bringing positivity to the world mm. um and yeah um I don't necessarily need my like face carved on a mountain or like <laughs> logged, like, logged in a history book of like yeah. oh this is like president of such and such yeah um like if i can have like ripples through many communities and be remembered by lots of people and um for as long as they live and then you know we all are forgotten eventually then you know i think that would be a a legacy well made i agree i'm right there with you i support that 100 percent uh looking back what advice would you tell like little john Little John, um, running through the forest, because that's actually what I did as a child. Uh-oh. Yeah, um, uh, you know, um, what, what I would tell him is that pursue the fun. Mm. And, you know, it's like, yeah, there's an adage that I kind of like. It's like pursue the fun, and then in addition to that, do no harm but take no shit. Mm. And I really like that one of like do no harm but take no shit. I like that. Right, like take care of the world, take 
care of those around you and your loved ones. Um, like, don't be aggressive. Don't be violent. Don't be mean. Yeah. That doesn't mean you have to be over. Yeah. Um, and really, like, pursuing the fun is the big one. That's something I've learned now and I've been learning for a few years. But it's something I wish I'd known, you know, in high school, in college. I was a little more concerned with, like, what people thought of me and, like, mm. trying to fit you know, of course, many people were. Yeah. Um, but I really grew into myself when I learned to be radically myself. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll take it back to Burning Man. One of the principles is radical self-expression. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be clear, that's not self-expression, which is still a good thing, but radical self-expression. Like, yeah. who are you really? Mm. Like, it, and like, how can you express that? It doesn't matter if that's like, zany off the wall or whatever like radically express who you are mm. and you know for me right now like i I'm, i've been rocking a green mohawk at work ever since burning man nice um i've never had a mohawk before really i had it a little bit at invisible children kind of yeah. it was like this rat taily thing for my <laughs> when i was nine um but i now have like a proper mohawk it's dyed a ridiculous color nice um and, you know, I think a lot of people might have hesitation of like, oh, like, you know, like, will that reflect poorly at my job or at my career? Yeah. Will people have less respect for me? Yeah. I mean, maybe. Um, and maybe I'm naive, but, you know, I think that's on them. And if yeah. you're going to judge me negatively by that, then, like, that may represent uh, work that they need to do. Yeah. Um, I did something recently uh, that's, like, similar to uh, that. I, I just... I just got rid of it actually, but I, for about a month I rocked a like nice, uh, just mustache and I just owned it, you know, like it was kind of an accident and I was like, this is kind of fun. I'll do this for a weekend. And then I went outside of our apartment here in Florida and like, I instantly got self-conscious about myself and like how people thought of me and all this. And I was like, Whoa, like it smacked me across the face. And I was like, Whoa, like where did that come from? You know, like, Man, you care way too much about what people think about you that you don't even know. You know, like I don't even know these people. I'm brand new here. I could be whatever I want. You know, right. and uh, yeah, yeah. And so I like challenged myself just to like keep it for a while, and I just got tired of it, and it was eventually like it got over the. I got over the like shock and awe of like what people thought of me, and it was more just like, yeah, yeah. can I just be, move on from this now? <laughs> and so... You were done. Like that, you yeah, I learned my this. lesson. I learned the lesson that I need to learn. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and yeah, you know, like, I'll, I'll lose the mog eventually. So that, that's what I would tell myself, because I didn't start learning that. I, I began learning it at Invisible Children, and I, I think it was Burning Man that really, like, helped me bring that lesson into full focus. That's cool. And so I, I, I wish I'd learned it earlier, but I, I make a point to not like regret things I didn't do earlier. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. I think it's good. Dude, it's been really fun. Let's close things out. What do you want to, anything you want to leave us with? Um, obviously, I want to direct people back to your Instagram and I'll, and I'll tag you there. And uh, Rudolph, yeah. R U D O L P H underscore on fire, O N F I R E. Um, or yep. you can email you at jrudolphbeaton at gmail.com. Yeah. You know, if anyone has general questions for Burning Man, I'm happy to engage in conversation. I'm not paid by them. I'm just really, really passionate. Yeah. Um, cool. 
you know, like if anyone has fire gigs, um, doesn't even have to be in San Diego or California. Like I, uh, would love to, uh, to like talk to them and come out and spin wherever the heck they may be. Cool. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's get you some attention. Hopefully you can get a few more followers and, uh, maybe something can come of it. Yeah. Would love to fingers crossed, dude. It's been, this has been, I've never done something like this before. Um, and I'll just say that it's been super freaking fun. And like, it's like not only been like kind of a cool, like creative thing, but then also like nice to get to talk to you a little bit. Like, I know we talked a lot about me and that's kind of like the point. And we (laughs) caught up on every episode. People would be like, okay, I heard this. Yeah. Um, would love to like, um, hear more about you at some point. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, dude. Let's catch up on life one of these days. Uh, we'll, we'll chat off. We'll chat when we close out here. All right. Sounds good, brother. Cool. Let me close this out. John, again, thank you so much. It's really been great to talk to you, and I really appreciate you coming on the show. So thank you very much. Thank you, Shane. It's been an absolute pleasure. And thank you all so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show today, visit us on Facebook and Instagram. You can like and comment on the posts. If you want to go above and beyond and get the word out, Please share the Crazy Face Uno podcast with your friends and family or just random strangers. We are welcome to everyone. Please visit crazyfaceuno.com to buy our merchandise and to donate. Your contribution helps us share more stories like John's and more stories just like yours. Really appreciate you all out there. Thank you so much for listening. We love you. Thank you. Peace.